You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 26th of January. I'm John Herflin from our Customer Treasury Unit and I am joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan, to discuss central bank guidance and impact relating to the vaccine rollouts and we'll take a look at the busy week ahead in terms of data releases and consider their impact on currency pairs in the market in general. Morning, Oliver. In a week which saw a new US president being sworn in, it is still the pandemic, and specifically the rollout of the vaccines that's holding sway over the markets. What are the central banks doing in terms of this backdrop? And what kind of guidance are they giving? And how is it affecting their current policies in the current conditions? Yeah, well, we have the Fed meeting in the US tomorrow. And last week we saw the Bank of Canada, the Bank of Japan and the ECB all hold regular meetings. So the message is pretty consistent from all central banks in terms of, firstly, I suppose the date in quarter four, despite the second wave, were somewhat better than expected. But there's obviously going to be pronounced weakness in economies, certainly in the first quarter and possibly in the first half of the year. As a result of the third wave, you know, a lot of economies, including Ireland and the UK, are in lockdown. We can see what's happening in Germany and in the Netherlands. In the US, greater restrictions on activity. So it's likely to be a very, very weak start to the new year in terms of the data, or it has been. Now, normally central banks might respond to that. But I suppose we've had two real pieces of news in the last, I suppose, four to six weeks. One is second and third waves in terms of sharp rise in the number of new coronavirus cases, lockdowns, etc. But secondly, then the role of the vaccines. And central banks have been, I suppose, unanimous in saying that they expect a strong recovery to take root over the second half of the year as the vaccine rollout becomes more broad-based amongst the population. So they're looking through this short-term weakness. I mean, policy is already very, very accommodative. Rates are at zero or negative in most countries. There's massive quantitative easing or bond buying problems going on. Now, the central banks have said they'll do more if required, but they feel that after this weakness in the first half of the year, we will get a strong rebound in activity in the second half of the year and into 2022. So they've been basically standing by the forecast they made in the closing couple of months of last year and saying, okay, the profile of growth may be changed somewhat. It will be weaker in the first half of the year, but stronger in the second half of the year and also stronger in 2022. And on that basis, they're keeping policy unchanged. So very much putting their hope in that the vaccines will allow economies to reopen as we progress through the year and lay the basis for a strong rebound in growth. And they're looking at things like, I say, monetary policy is very accommodative, further fiscal stimulus in terms of the EU programme, in terms of Joe Biden, as you mentioned, has unveiled or wants to pass a large fiscal stimulus in the US. And thirdly, the Irish Central Bank are out on Friday as well and forecasting growth of close to 4% for this year, for close to 5% for next year. And they referenced also the very substantial build-up in private sector savings over the last 12 months. And at some stage, you know, as economies reopen and there's more certainty about the future, you'd expect to see those savings wound down and provide a particular boost to consumer spending. So they're, they're taking a medium-term view here that certainly economies will be weak to start with this year, but they still believe that we will get a sustained and robust recovery taking root as the year progresses. With the Fed having their meeting this week, Oliver, is there any expectations of any changes to their policy? Is there any consideration to them possibly bringing a bit of tapering to the quantitative easing or anything like that? No, I think you know the, the Fed, 
I think policy is set for the near term in terms of you know there's large scale quantitative easing going on. The Fed in particular has been reluctant to move towards negative interest rates, so your rates are pitched. The base rate in the in the US is an eighth of one percent, so rates are around zero point one percent, and that's where they're likely to stay. I have to say, in the US, the economy is held up better there than elsewhere. So, in terms of data this week, we'll get quarter four GDP figures in the US, and they're actually likely to see positive figures in terms of the economy continuing to expand. Now, it has lost a considerable amount of momentum in the fourth quarter. It rebounded very strongly in third quarter. And there's no doubt that the reimpositions of restrictions on activity in large parts of the US economy is impacting. And we had a weak enough data for the payrolls employment for December. But overall, I think the US economy should see growth in quarter four. And going forward, I think it's, it's much the same story as the other central banks. The expectation, especially with that big fiscal stimulus being promised by the Biden administration and vaccines being rolled out, that as elsewhere, sustained and strong recovery will take root in the US economy as the year progresses. And helped in particular by, we, we see how much it's like it's 1.9 trillion fiscal stimulus that Joe Biden wants to implement, but he may not get it all through Congress, but he'd get a substantial portion of it done. So I think the Fed will be like the other central banks, probably reiterate its forecasts and indicate that it can do more quantitative easing or continue for a longer period of time if required and be flexible around policy. So the central bank meetings weren't market movers last week, and I don't think the Fed meeting this week will move markets. And Ali, we're looking at a very busy week for data, and we obviously had the PMIs last week. Do you want to touch upon what might be out this week that people should keep an eye out for, what it says about the state of the economy, and given a lot of them are lagging indicators, how should they be interpreted for the markets going forward? Yeah, well, just to touch on this week first before I get to the January PMI data, what we're seeing this week, I've referenced already, we'll have figures out of the US in terms of quarter four GDP. Now, as I said, that's expected to show growth continuing in the economy. We'll also get quarter four data out of the larger European economies, Germany, France, Italy, and Spain. Germany probably flatlined in the quarter, helped by its you know strong manufacturing base and exports. But the restrictions on activity have been much more pronounced in the Eurozone than in the US in recent months. So the likelihood is that we'll see modest declines in GDP in France, in Spain, and in Italy. Their export base will be as big as Germany's, so they have the capacity to offset the weakness in the domestic economy by strong exports. In terms of the PMI data, we got preliminary data for the US, the UK, and the Eurozone last week for January. And what they show is, firstly, the US, the economy continues to grow. That's the indications, particularly the manufacturing side, but services holding up okay as well. In the Eurozone, manufacturing doing well, particularly again out of Germany, but the services sector clearly losing some momentum as further lockdowns were imposed. And in the UK, manufacturing doing okay, but a pronounced weakening of service sector activity because the, the lockdown there has been pretty extensive across the economy in January. So there's very impacts in terms of the economies of the data really depending on the extent of which restrictions and lockdowns have been imposed on their economies and also the size of their manufacturing and export base those economies with large export bases and we saw this start last year and we're seeing it now with germany that has offset the weakness in the domestic economy to some extent and if we're taking a look at the currency pairs oliver Euro dollar, we've seen it go down towards 120 and it's now pushed back up into that kind of 121, 122 kind of position. It's back into, we've seen a sterling appreciating above 137 against the dollar. How do you think 
the market is perceiving these in terms of the currency pairs? Are we range bound or do you expect a breakout? Yeah, we're very much range bound. And actually, so are most markets. Stock markets have made some gains. Bond markets are generally range bound. Interest rate expectations haven't really moved much in the last couple of months. And we're seeing that more recently in currency markets. As I've said in previous podcasts, you know, sterling has been very range bound against the euro. No great bounce at the back of the trade we got just before Christmas. It's around 89. So that 88 to 91, 92p range remains very much the trading band for euro sterling. In terms of the dollar, you know, it sold off in the second half of last year, weakened a lot, made a bit of ground at the start of the year. But again, it's been very, very range bound. As you said, really 121 to 123 is containing all the action there. And I think that's likely to be the case in the short term. As we've mentioned before in podcasts, 120 was a big level for the euro to rise above. It had only done that once in the last six years, seven years. And it hasn't been above 125 since the ECB introduced negative interest rates back in 2014. So that's going to be a pretty big hurdle for it to overcome. So as a result, you know, it's got above 120, but it'll find it very hard to get through 125 so hence we're into our trading range at the present time i think what's required for a further weakening of the dollar is actual hard evidence that we're through the worst of the lockdowns here that the vaccines are working that they've been rolled out to the broader population and that that allows a sustained recovery to take root in the u.s economy in the european economies and elsewhere and in that sort of environment, you'll get more risk appetite in markets. And that's usually a negative for the dollar. Remember, the dollar is the safe haven currency. These are still uncertain times. But if you know, the central banks are right in terms of a strong recovery taking root in the second half of the year, maybe even to the second quarter as the second quarter unfolds, well, then that's the time you might see a bit of movement in currency markets. And I think the dollar is the most vulnerable currency in those sort of circumstances. Thank you, Oliver, for that update. Really appreciate it. And thank you to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please remember to subscribe to the AIB Market Talk on podcast apps for iOS and Android. And as always, for those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details of AIB support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Thank you and stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.